0: That's that's really awesome testimony. I love AJ to death. Uh, he's, he's a great guy. When I first got saved, uh, he was one of the first like, Christian guys I was really uh, talking to, like you know, just trying to get all the nonsense out of my head. And he had uh, a really good influence on my life. So I, I really appreciate that. I, I've benefited from him living in spite of how things started, in spite of the circumstances you were in. You, know, you never know how your kids are going to turn out. They can throw numbers at you all day, but it doesn't mean your kid's actually going to turn out that way. Amen. Yeah, here at Boulevard Church, we are, we 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 believe in the sanctity of life. So it's it's very incredible that we get to give to um, groups like this because they they show that if a woman will see the ultrasound, see the heartbeat, hear the heartbeat, understand it's not just a clump of cells, which is a term they like to throw around to trick people. That's a human life in you, and you've been given an opportunity by God to raise a child. Amen. Amen. So it's 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 pretty incredible. I'm I'm, I'm really excited for that. Uh, I'm gonna have to. Um, run through this, guys. I've got a whole lot of time. I don't want to keep you guys up. So we're just going to roll right into it. Uh, I'm Pastor Thomas. If you guys haven't been here, there's a lot of new faces. Really excited to see that. Hope you guys stay. Hope you guys like it. We're a community that loves Jesus and wants to know you, wants to love you, wants to help you grow in the Lord, and uh, you know, just get through life. But not just get through life, but excel through life. Amen? And God has given us all a purpose. We want to reach that purpose together. So uh, we're continuing on with our Ephesians series, Ephesians chapter three, verses seven through thirteen. It's not a whole lot of verses. We're gonna read through them. If you haven't read the Bible today, you know the typical joke. Oh, there's your Bible reading, right? But you should you should really also read the Bible, other than what I'm gonna read with you guys today. Uh, the sermon is, is titled "God's Workmanship." Amen. And just as a spoiler, it's an evangelism message. I always preach them, guys. It's a, evangelize, all right. If you guys just want to take the spark notes, evangelize. The Bible says to do it. Cool. All right. <laughs> but we're going off of the tail end of my sermon last week, right, which is where Paul is kind of in the middle of this big point, and he stops because he realizes his audience may not know who he is, or the ministry God has given him, or even what the gospel is. He just knows that they are probably newly saved Christians in there. He's looking at them like, you know what, I told them to evangelize and I left. They better be evangelizing. I'm going to assume they evangelize and there's new converts sitting in that room right now. So then he begins to explain who he is and his ministry and what God has anointed him for, right? Um, but before we go on to this next section, there's a verse that I think is very important for us to keep in the back of our minds. The chapter before that, Paul is explaining our position with God and how we were nothing but God made us into something great and he has now empowered us. It's Ephesians 2.10. This is where I got the sermon title from. I'm giving you guys inside baseball right now. You guys now know how to do a sermon. Verse 10, chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, that we should walk in them, prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Keep this in the back of your mind. Actually, keep it at the very forefront of your mind with every word I say. Amen. Now, but before I go on, I do want to thank really quick uh, Pastor West, Pastor Savia. They're not here uh, um, for giving me the opportunity to preach uh, two weeks in a row. It's a really big honor. Hey, what's up, Amelia? That's my goddaughter. She's beautiful. She's amazing. She turned one the other day. Wendy the Pooh themed birthday. Yes. Oh, father. You know, fun stuff. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I know you guys are like, that's, a, that's kind of creepy, but I don't really care. It, it is what it is. I am who I am, right? <laughs> By the grace of God, that's out of context. Uh, But I also want to thank you all for uh, being here today. Um, I hope we can all gain something from God's word. It is powerful. I had a pastor once say that it is the only book that as I read it, it reads me. Amen. So this is life-changing. If we not only read it, but act on it and do what it calls us to do. Amen. So let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. God, it is powerful. It is holy, God. And we are here, God, to honor you and to understand it. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let's go ahead and read our section of Scripture today, and then I'm going to break it, through, break it down and uh, take us through it. So, uh, starting in verse 7, of this gospel, right, I, Paul, was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. Amen. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. Yeah. Like This is a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of stuff. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known where am I at? I lost my spot. There we go. To the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. That That's That's a lot right there. What what are you talking about? I'm going to break it down, guys. We're going to understand. But this is a heavy responsibility placed upon us and a great honor. Like, we're already seeing that jumping off the page. God has honored us, hasn't he? Verse 11, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you, not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. That's a lot right there. We're gonna break it down, okay? So verse seven, let's go through verse seven here really quick. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. Once again, just as we saw last week, something I talked about last week was stewarding conviction, the conviction that God has given you. Once again, we are seeing Paul talking about how much he owns what God has given him this isn't for someone else to do this isn't someone else's responsibility or maybe someone else will do it a little bit better than me it is I'm going to do with this the best that I can I'm sorry I'm scaring her the best that I possibly can and if someone else can do it better than me great they'll also do it better than me alongside me but I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do I'm not going to let it. I'm not just going to leave it on the floor let someone else do it. He says, I was made a minister. God has called me by his grace and his great power at work within me. Paul is fixated upon this. It is not prideful to know what you are called to do and to be very confident about it. It's just all about how you say it and how you use it, right? It's all about how you implement it. But it is not wrong to be confident about who you are in God. Amen. His desire is to see the Gentiles, right? Paul and God, but Paul's desire has really become God's desire, which is incredible. He's been transformed to do God's will. Paul's desire is to see the Gentiles not only saved, but instructed in Christ. Not just Jesus loves you. Do you believe in him? Great. Do you know what the Bible says about you? Do you know what the Bible says about these issues? Do you know how you should live your Christian life and show others how to do it? Paul's heart is bleeding for that. I want you to be informed about who you are and who this God is that you serve. Salvation and discipleship in order to build something that lasts. There has to be a firm foundation. Otherwise, it'll crumble, right? The first earthquake, the first natural disaster, the first anything, it'll fall down. It has to be built right. Let's go on to verse 8. To me, right, Paul, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. The honor and the awe that is in Paul's writing here as he talks about the anointing and the ministry, the responsibility given to him by God. Paul looks at this and it means so much to him. It's not just something flippant. It's not just, oh, whatever. This means so much to Paul. And he holds on to it. He owns what is going on here and he reveres it. He respects it. And that's what he enters into when he's talking about it. Like, do we honestly respect the thing that God has called us to be? Or do we despise it? Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians. Don't, don't wish you were something else. You are what you are. And we need what you are. Don't try to be something else. That's not who you are. You are this. And no one can do it better than you. Or as Dr. Seuss said, no one can be you were than you, right? I love that quote. <laughs> Making up words. Good Lord. That guy wasn't a doctor. Unless he was, which, I be that's interesting. But uh, Paul here is recognizing something, right? In spite of his past sins, right, where he says, I'm the least of the saints. I used to persecute them, have them thrown in prison. Then they'd be executed. He sinned against not just people, God's people and God himself. Jesus, when he meets him on the road to Damascus, says, Paul, why do you persecute me? Crazy, right? And yet Paul is used to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. In spite of his past sins, his failures, and his crimes against God's people, he has still been chosen by God. Let this be a redemptive message to all of us. Our past does not dictate our calling. God does. And he will choose whom he wants to choose. The Bible says he will use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Amen? That'll preach, right? Come on now. Now, Paul does a little thing here that I'm going to get into with the help of Aaron Rosenberg who uh, really helped me understand something. It was pretty crazy. He was, he broke something down for me when we were going over the sermon together. And um, yeah, I learned something from that young man right there. So uh, up and coming smart guy right there. Yeah, give him him a round of applause. It was really good. Uh, This word here, unsearchable, I'm not gonna, I didn't put it up on the screen. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's just, it's one of those words you're like, bro, it is what it is, man. Like, like, like it. Praise God, right? As Will says, give him the law and the prophets. You know, like that's that. Boom, that, that's a Greek word right there. That sure is a Greek word right there. But it's a Greek word. It's made up of three different kind of particles put together. And essentially what it means is like imitatable, unimitatable. Boom, put it together. There's a Greek word here when he says unsearchable. It means it is a thing. The riches in Christ are something you cannot walk in, something you cannot understand, you cannot imitate, you cannot be anything about it see it there this grace was given to preach to the gentiles the unimitatable you cannot be it riches of christ and yet for some reason god taught paul open up his mind gave him the knowledge about it that then people who could not know it can now know it so something has been completely stripped away here God is revealing himself. When we say, oh, his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts, in context, that section of scripture, which is in the Old Testament, it is by a prophet, he is rebuking a group of people for not knowing him, for not being like him. And he says, I rebuke you because your ways are not my ways and because your thoughts are not my thoughts, because you have not tried to know me. And now God is saying, anyone can know me. Anyone can walk in what I am. Anyone can bear my image to this world. It's powerful, right? Paul is given this impossible task, but that's not how God operates. As Jesus says, yes, it may be impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible. Amen? We can now walk in what God has called us to walk in, and that is Paul's ministry, to take these things to the lost and the broken, the outcast from Jewish society, to walk in the things of God now. Amen? Amen. And guess what? That, that, that didn't die with Paul. That is with us now. We can now imitate God as 1 Corinthians 11 says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I think what is spoken there, silently, right, like Miles Davis, it's about the notes you don't play, right? It's about the things that aren't said right there. Imitate me as I imitate Christ and eventually imitate Christ. And other people will imitate you as you imitate Christ as we disciple and as we grow closer to God. Amen. What is being expressed here is that the things of God are not obvious to us and are not accessible to us unless God makes a way, and he has. That dividing wall, as we talked about, is gone. That was mostly racial in that context, but understand something. The dividing wall in full is gone. There is nothing standing in between us and God, just our pride, really. Just our pride, really, amen? That's an easy thing to cast down if we really think about it. Let's go on to verse 9. And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. God desires us to know his plan. God desires us to know his mysteries. Now, are we seeking these things out? Are we reading the Bible? Are we talking to one another about these things? Because if we're not, we're missing a key component of our Christianity. To not understand our God, we're, we're, we're fighting a fight with a, one arm tied behind our back and a blindfold on. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just some nonsense. That's like in dodgeball. When he puts on the blindfold, he's like, that's a bold move, Cotton. You know what I'm saying? That's a bold move, Christian. I don't know what y'all doing. <laughs> Praise God, right? a <laughs> Dodgeball, right? Ripped toward me. That guy's crazy. Was crazy. Rest in peace. Uh, are we accessing the amazing opportunity and privilege? Or is it just a weight? Is it a burden? Is it... God, I have to do this today. It gets like that sometimes. I get it. I work out in the hot sun all day. I come home. You want to know what I want to do? I want to lay on the couch. I want to turn on some TV. Or just, you know, not. I just want the kids to be quiet so I can take a nap. It's not happening though, you know. But God would call me to seek him in spite of what's going on. Because that's profitable to me. Amen? Once more, Paul points out that it is the creator of all things who's making this happen. If we truly grasp that. The creator of all has given us this, and he's revealed the mysteries to us. Therefore, they're not mysteries to us anymore. This is Paul's ministry, and we have inherited it. Do we go out and make known the mystery, the plan, and the grace of God to the lost? Or are we sometimes embarrassed about it, maybe ashamed of it? Who shouldn't be? It's good. These, these people need that. What they need is Christians who, you know, us, people, I'll talk about myself too, who aren't concerned with how people look at us. Amen. All right. Verse 10. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. First uh, 1 Peter 1.12 does a really good job of ex- you know, shining some light on this for us. So First 1 Peter 1.12, it was, it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you, and the things that have now been announced to you through those who preached the good news to you, There's a lot of two you's, two you's right here. Come on, Peter, like pick a different word, right? I'm just joking. By the, (laughs) that was mean of me, man. Peter's a great guy. To you, by the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven, and this is the really important part, things into which angels long to look. Angels do not have redemption and salvation. We are God's workmanship Jesus Christ died the death of a man and rose again that we may be with him forever. We may have salvation from our sins. Angels are not in that same category. Nothing is. Uh, Animals, I I don't know if animals are in heaven, whatever. I'm not going to try to offend someone over that. I'd rather offend you over something else, right? But I don't know if animals are going to go to heaven. All I know is angels that are in heaven, they're in heaven or they're not. They've either rejected God or they have remained faithful from the day that they were made. They do not understand this concept of salvation, and they marvel at it. And so as we walk in our anointing, and it says the manifold wisdom of God is made known by the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places, that it's talking about angelic and demonic beings, look at what's going on. They see the work of salvation, and they go, wow, that's what that is. As they see it happening, supernatural beings Are in shock of what's going on. We have that awesome opportunity to wow the minds of beings that are beyond our understanding. Like that's what's being said here. I'm not making it up. I couldn't come up with something that cool, right? That's not what's being I'm not making that up. That is what is being said here in the Word of God. And this speaks to how powerful and how moving the church of God is, how it's supposed to operate. And the fullness of our call. God's plan is not to use one person or even just 12. His plan is to use all of Christendom. Right? That's a nice fancy old word, Christendom. I love it. Wanted to use it. He wants to use all of us. All of us. Even Maxwell. Hey, Maxwell. Maxwell, as I like to call him. His entire church is to partake in this. The entire church. So don't be left out. So let's summarize really quick, because it just went through a bunch of verses. Uh, God has given Paul specifically a ministry in spite of his past. That'll preach. And this ministry is to bring the Gentiles into right relationship with God. That's all of us, except for Glenn and Ellen. Praise God, right? Amen. (laughs) This, it's it's so hard not to do it. I'm sorry. If it offends you, please let me know. I won't do it again. But I love you guys. (laughs) This reveals the mystery of his plan set forth from the foundations of the earth. It's oldest plan, oldest plan ever conceived by the mind of God, and we operate in it. That's crazy. The things that are unfathomable, which means you cannot reach them, you cannot find them. Things that are unfathomable to the lost and the broken may now be known by us. Furthermore, the things that are unable to be imitated may now be imitated by us. We are able to express God in every word and every action, even in our very thoughts, by his grace. The church fulfills this, and the angels marvel at its sight. How important is this call? There's nothing mundane about our Christian life. We're never just doing anything. We're always on mission. And then uh, the the next three verses I'm going to go over very quickly. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Last week, remember how I said that Paul was going to finish his thought in verse 14? Well, that's not true. I made a mistake. He finishes it here in verse 13. When he says, I am a, a prisoner on behalf of you. And in verse 14, he says, I am a prisoner on behalf of you. I was like, oh, cool. That's a, that's, he's picking it up again. No, he finishes it here. He stops here. He mentions the anointing and the ministry and the power that God has done in his life and the gospel and the great grace that God has shown and all of these riches. And he's explaining this to them. And he says, so now I ask you, do not lose heart over what I'm going through, that I'm a prisoner, that I've been persecuted. With all of this in mind, how could you possibly be heartbroken? Look at all of the great riches that God has given to us. Why could you be heartbroken? Look at what God has done in my life. Why could you be heartbroken? I'm fulfilling my call being in this prison on your behalf. Shouldn't you be rejoicing that God's plan is coming to pass? And what that requires is a godly mindset. And he's urging them on, look at this different, please. Stop looking at my circumstances and your circumstances like God has cursed you, like God is spitting on you, like you're a little kid, like you're like a little ant on an anthill and God's got the magnifying glass that's from a movie with, oh, uh, 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 Bruce Almighty. There we go, right? Like the whole Bruce Almighty thing, right? Like God is just torturing you. God is loving you. These present circumstances have nothing to be compared to the glory which will be revealed to us in Christ Jesus. That's Romans 8.18. Do we cling to these words that are in the Bible? or Are they just kind of there? You know? Are they just like, ah? You know? are, they just, are they just coming out of my mouth and just mean nothing? Right? Are they just words on a page and they just go in through our eyeballs? Because, you know, it goes in through one ear and out the other. Does like, it go in through one eye and out the other eye? I, I, don't, I don't know how that one works. But is, is it like that? But notice what he says here. This was according to... To the eternal purpose, he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord. A purpose that, once it has been set forth, has no end. It continues, and he set it forth in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. God has not given us a mission and then abandoned us, He has given us a direct link to him. Sometimes he doesn't always answer immediately. Most times, hello, unless we ask for patience. Someone cuts you off, praise God. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just a really flawed human being. I don't know. Okay. It's important to understand that God has given us direct access to him, has not abandoned us, has not left us alone. And when we are scared, he gives us the guts to face our call and to face these people. And oftentimes, it's not nearly as bad as we think it is. It, it is always worse up here. Everything is worse up here. Remember, uh, Isaac went to uh, Marine Corps boot camp when he was a very, very young man. Uh, I mean, he's still a young man. you know, Praise God. But what he told me, right? And everyone's scared, right? You've seen Full Metal Jacket. you watch movies. You're like, they're just going to scream in my face. They're going to punch me in the stomach. They're going to, like, call me a racial slur or whatever. He said he went there, and he looked around, and he was like, it's not really that bad. Huh. All right, then. Well, okay. You know, okay. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't fun, right? Yeah, but it really wasn't that bad. And I thought, oh, that's, um, that's pretty funny right there. Everything that we create in our head is always a million times worse. A fear of the unknown, right? H.P. Lovecraft said that. That's the greatest fear of all man is the fear of the unknown. God has called us to step into these things because he's in it with us. He is a light unto our path, right? God is with us in these things. We cannot lose heart, hold fast, stand together. And honestly, I'm going to say this really quick. This is for all of us, right? We don't got to be so dramatic. You know what it is? We are simply speaking truth to lies. We are shining a light in the darkness, and we're going to say, hey, God loves you. I know you're telling me he doesn't exist. He does exist. You can say that all you want. I'm going to tell you right now, God exists, and he cares about you, but what he requires of you is righteousness. He wants you to walk in his nature and to be his child, and he's giving you that honor. And if they say no, they say no. But God has called us to bring this forth and to teach. And he is with us every step of the way. And it doesn't matter the things that hold us back. As he said to Moses, Moses said, but Lord, I stutter. He said, but who made your mouth? Who made your mouth? Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word, God, that it reveals things to us, God, that it changes us, God, that it moves upon us, God. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing, God, that you've given each and every one of us. Your word says the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage, God. I thank you, Lord, that you have given us the ministry of reconciliation, God, to reconcile the lost and the broken to you, God, that they may know you and not be ashamed of themselves when they stand before you, God, but that your blood, God, which speaks a better word, God, that that would bear witness for them before you. I bless your holy name, God. Help us walk in this confidence and this boldness. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.